Did you know that the U.S. women's national team was scheduled to play on artificial turf in Hawaii because an actual open volcano was not available? Soccer Godcast. Soccer Godcast. Soccer Godcast. Other artificial surfaces not available include Donald Trump's hair. It's a terrible playing surface. Donald Trump's hair, everyone. It's, it's an awful place. No good play has ever taken place. Think of the ratings that would happen if they uh, actually played in the volcano. That would be dope. It's like one of those aircraft carrier games. <laughs> CONCACAF should think about it. It would probably do wonders for the ratings of the next Gold Cup. Next Gold Cup. Assuming Donald Trump hasn't been murdered by the next Gold Cup. Right. Assuming CONCACAF exists by the time the next Gold Cup <laughs> If comes international around. soccer is still a thing and Donald Trump is still living, they should consider, if not if the Rose Bowl is not available, consider playing the Gold Cup final on Donald Trump's <laughs> Oh, hello and welcome. Remember us? We make podcasts occasionally. From time uh, to time. What has it been, two weeks since the last one? Something like that, maybe three. Uh, Whatever. I'm Kevin Brown at Friendly Foe on the Internet. This is the Soccer Guy cast, and with me is Mariti Marungi. Happy Kwanzaa in advance, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the holidays are almost upon us. It's a festive time. It is. It's a real festive time. It is. Everyone's spirits are wonderful right now. Everyone's really jolly. Yeah, everybody is welcome. <laughs> Apparently not. So what's uh, been going on, man? How you been? Uh, I'm all right. I'm good. Got out of Miami for a minute. Got to refresh. Get a little cold air in your lungs. Yeah, I got some of that too. You feel like a human being again? Uh, some yeah. I'm used to warm weather now, though. I was up there for about a week, up north, up north, no cities, and uh, yeah, I don't really believe in cold weather anymore. Oh no, it's a, it's a scam. Cold <laughs> yeah. weather, yeah. cold weather is a scam. <laughs> I don't know who's benefiting from this scam, but it's a scam. Somebody is. I don't know whether it's the Democrats or Republicans, but somebody's up to no good. Speaking of scams, what what did you think about uh, the U.S. women looking at the playing service in Hawaii and be like, nah, F this. I'm out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm tired. I, I don't know. I believe them. But, like, and turf is just, you see some of the pictures of the turf, uh, and it's kind of just generally horrible. I'm just, we. I feel like we talk about the U.S. women's national team and and it's always and so infrequently about soccer. Well, because the and, U- we, and we we sit there and we talk about sort of turf and whether they're right or wrong for playing on it. We talk about and then people come in and it's like, hey, you have someone's team, blah, blah blah, and someone's like, that's not really soccer. And then they're like, hey, let's talk about how much money they make. It, there's yeah. and these are legitimate gripes. It's just a, I think it's just sort of a sad state of affairs that. Well, I mean, just as brutal as it sounds, it's because in mass, the U.S. women's national team are the only female athletes that people care about. So they're kind of like responsible to have, like, they're like all the conversations about equality in sports and beyond sort of get funneled into U.S. women's national team conversation because they're the only ones we care about. Right. Like, we're not interested in what's happening with the best team in the WNBA or the best team in, I guess, in women's tennis. Like, that's it. Like, we have a lot of these conversations with Serena. Right. Like Serena and the U.S. Women's National Team. So yeah. they have to carry a bigger load than any other group of athletes. Does. I mean, it's it's also just, it's it's amazing that a team of that profile has to say to their 
federation, we are not playing. I mean, that's amazing. Right. It's could you imagine? I mean, take that out to any other sort of take that to the men's national team. Imagine, imagine the men's national team saying, "Yeah, we're not playing this friendly," and just not doing it. Now, like imagine, you? imagine an NBA team. Imagine whatever saying, and to think about how consistently some and these were the some of the biggest stars in the game saying these things, right? Like this is the LeBron. Right, saying this. This is kind of all. This is your not nah, Kobe, whatever. <laughs> you still qualify. <laughs> Rest in peace, Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's 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 fascinating that the scale of like who these people, these women are, who are saying these things. Alex right. Morgan, Abby Wambach, all of them, right, is amazing. It does not get bigger. They there is yeah. nothing. No one bigger in their field. Right. I don't know. As the team, as the captain of team, I don't want to do this, so I'm not going to do it. I applaud the U.S. women's team for seeing the conditions and just be like, "Uh, no, I'm good. Like, no, just no. Refusing to do something in conditions that you find unacceptable, realizing that you have the power to do so and you're not obligated to anyone really but yourselves and what you determine to be most important. If you just find if you think your own safety and your health is more important than good. Don't play. Right. What's weird, and I guess it's just the nature of sports fans, is it's sort of, I'd say there are, there are more than a few people, a lot of people were, were and are angry at U.S. soccer for even putting them in this position, right? Sure. But there's also the segment of people who are sort of calling the women's team crybabies for not wanting to play on turf. It's like, ah, oh, you play on turf in the league, yada, 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 everybody plays on turf. It's as if these fans think they have some sort of entitlement to Sidney LaRue's needs. You know what I mean? I like, mean, is, wait, what? But here's the thing: what do they think is their motivation then? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is their motivation if it's just like, well, why are you just complaining? Why are all of these women who make their livings in soccer saying we're not going to play games? Why are they boycotting? Because they. What I don't get, like I don't get right like, the, after spending their entire <laughs> lives right to get to this point. You think one day they woke up and decided just to whine, right? Like we, like, this is the pro, this is not the profile of sort of callous complainers, right? It's right. not the profile of people who these women have worked ridiculously hard throughout their entire careers, and people are it's like, oh, well, yeah, you're boycotting, you're lazy, really? You're <laughs> tweeting that from your couch, right? <laughs> like, you're tweeting from your couch that these women are like, get the... Yeah, after reaching the absolute <laughs> pinnacle of their profession, yeah. you are <laughs> literally the greatest in the world. But you know what? You're like, you know what? I need a weekend off. Yeah. I'm chilling. Right, like, right, that's, right, that's, right. That's what some people took away from that. That's weird. Because sports fans are terrible. They are the worst. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. You know who else is the worst? People affiliated with FIFA. (laughs) Shout out to FIFA, man. FIFA's a great organization. I'd like to work for FIFA someday because I feel like I can do some really foul shit with FIFA, but I wouldn't get caught because I listen to better rap music than the FIFA executive committee, and I know how to get away with crime. What people don't know is that hidden, the hidden message in so much rap music is how to get away with stuff. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and talk about it in public. Right? <laughs> like, not only can you get away, not only is it a blueprint, it is pretty, it's just, like, let me spell out how I did it. <laughs> These men, there are literally songs where people give you the ingredients for how to cook crack. <laughs> As if they just read that on Wikipedia. Uh, I think you might have done this. And no one goes to jail for it. If FIFA listened to better music, 
maybe they wouldn't have these problems. But shout out to the God Set Bladder for still evading the feds. And as he's watching his entire crew get locked locked up, Sep is just in a penthouse somewhere eating dope soups with like all kind of lobster meat in it. That's right. <laughs> and relaxing. Get, getting his hands dirty in some dim sum. <laughs> yeah. As he should be, because dim sum is delicious. Uh he's not he's I don't see him lasting, brother. He's not he's not doing this. What? So you think what he eventually gets indicted and thrown in jail or he just walks away the, and thinks it's not worth it? Like the the mechanics of this Department of Justice investigation and the investigation by these Swiss authorities, I mean, they are the net is just closing in on I mean, it's not so fine, you have Sepp Blatter still out there, you have Jerome Valka who is the Secretary General, who is also now suspended out, whatever. Uh those guys are still not indicted, but because they have to be informants, right? But like cooperative informants, or or strategically, the DOJ is building a case, right? I mean, they are taking their time and they are going after everyone around them, mm-hmm. and they are slowly constricting on it. And so, I mean, they're not gonna. There's no reason for them to come out prematurely and say like we're going after Seth Blatter. Blah, blah, blah. They're gonna sit there and investigate him, and as they each one of these people they indict potential informant, right? So someone who comes in, co- uh, cooperator, right? They're going to cooperate. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, all right, well, in order to get myself a lenient sentence, uh, I'll let you know everything I know. Okay. And part of the terms of that sort of cooperation deal is that you fully cooperate. Mm-hmm. And so they don't get that deal like in advance. They get that deal later after they've cooperated and they've said, okay, well, this is sufficient. So, I mean, I, if he's done anything wrong, God bless that man. <laughs> I mean, it's I I there are way too many people falling. I mean, heads of confederations, like presidents, presidents of countries. Presidents of countries. It's ugh. if they're going after him, I mean, hey. Um I don't on the same day as the arrest whoever's left in FIFA. I think <laughs> yeah. it's like janitors and whatnot run FIFA now. Right. They released like a list of, you know, reform and changes and policy changes. Full with the full of like the most generic, ambiguous terms as you could possibly imagine. Are you a believer in FIFA reform? No, <laughs> not really. Um, I mean, think about how long they've been talking about FIFA reform. I mean, it's been years. Or will things change? Probably, but I mean, the whole system needs to be. Uprooted, and I think when it's when it comes back together, they've listed a bunch of reforms. What uh, like include sort of human rights checks, gender equity, uh, separation of sort of political and I mean this separation of functions within uh, governments within from federations, independence in terms of committees that are looking to audit uh, regularly. It's I I mean it's it's still these individuals right like we were just replacing people with a new set of people and it started I mean look back to it was Set Bladder and then it was like everyone's like no no Platini's gonna come in to fix this and then it's like ah is he what's up with him I mean it's <laughs> the question is how do you weed out a culture that seems to have infected everything around it mm-hmm. good and and to me that includes sponsors right who have Maybe not like criminally done anything, but like are complicit, right? All the federations that national federations that have not been sort of tainted, there's still questions, right? 
there's still questions in CONCACAF about, to all the federations, what did you know and when did you know it, right? I mean, there's, how can you have this many people in CONCACAF go down and people don't know anything? Right. It's, yeah, the most important, the most important federation in Concacaf. Right. is the only one that's squeaky clean. There are plenty of questions to ask people within the U.S. federation, right? What did, I mean? That's not saying anyone did anything, but like there are definitely questions to ask when you have. And so, culturally, it, it feels like they will probably do the minimum possible, which still may be a significant amount of stuff, but it's going to be the minimum possible. The question though remains: like, how do you when? X number of people vote for a World Cup or for FIFA president. How do you police those votes, right? Like, it's impossible. Yeah. How do you? Like, there's no accountability on the national level, national federation level of how these people get elected. I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. I don't really have that much faith in the forms. Do you? No, but I'm okay with a little bit of corruption. Yeah, I mean, you know, corruption is entertaining. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It gives us content. I'm here for the content. Yeah, and dope rap music, <laughs> which you might hear in the next commercial break. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the 10 set commandment. Whoa. Uh, uh. Can't tell me nothing about the soccer, man. Can't tell me nothing about these bribes, these schemes. Russian bitters. My bitters from Qatar, I ain't forget you bitters. My Middle East bitters. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Been watching this game for years. Soccer's run by some animals and the rules to this game. So I made them a manual, step-by-step booklet for them to get a sport on track. Now getting caught in traps, rule number uno. Never let no one know how much FIFA dough you stole, cause you know. The robbery is obviously primary. We're getting tossed in jail in 20 years, no bail. Number two, never tell CONCACAF your next move. Don't you know Exco moves in silence with guidance from Seth Blatter, your highness. Uh-huh. He done squeeze mad feds for their bread, but they got caught instead. Number three, never trust nobody. Chuck Blazer set that ass up. Wire tape cammed up, bearded and cashed up. For that fast buck, he'll be rolling on a scooter and stacking them snacks up. Number four, know you heard this before. Never survive on corruption and bribes. Number five, never stash no cash where you rest at. I don't care if they want a dime, pay no mind. No. Soccer Godcast. Soccer Godcast. Soccer Godcast. Hello, and welcome back to whatever segment number this is of this week's glorious return. Of the Soccer Godcast, I am Kevin Brown, the producer of the upcoming Dirty Spike 3, and what with me still, don't worry about it, you know when it come out, uh, with me is Mariti Morungi. Back, back here, ready to drop these facts. Just kidding, we're not going to say anything factual at all. Yeah, we may or may not have internet access right now, <laughs> so, so if we say something that's factually accurate, one, why are you so picky, Inaccurate. two... Why did you come for us for facts? And that's it. Um, we have a special guest this week. You know him as the uh, the the rabble rouser of the Twitterverse in hmm. American soccer at Football Intellect, none other than Maxi Rodriguez. How you doing, Maxi? I'm doing pretty good. I'm looking forward to chatting about white people for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout true. out to white people. Uh, also, also, Maxi. 
of uh, Where Is Football. Top drawer soccer. Twitter. Also, a uh, yeah. Maxi has a PhD in mascot studies. Uh, <laughs> and is also an amateur food critic. <laughs> Maxi <laughs> is single-handedly responsible for the taco lobby. <laughs> He's a DC lobbyist. Really important lobby. I feel like you're underselling. <laughs> All right, on a semi-serious note, um, we wanted Maxi on this week because we wanted to talk about something very specific. Um, at the end of every season, Major League Soccer, which is you know a league known for doing incredibly goofy things, some of them are love, some of them are kind of lovable, some of them are very rage-inducing. Uh, the league gives out you know the end of season awards. MVP and coach of the year and all that sort of stuff, the typical stuff. But there's one award that always stands out for being like one of the strangest things in all of American soccer. And that is like the Latino del Año, the Latin player of the year, where the league decides we're going to pick out this one specific group of people to pander to. And, and what's the, they say they give it out to who? Players born in Latin America and Spain and those born in the U.S. Yeah, the, or the, Canada with Hispanic roots. Uh, yeah, that's the actual. That's the technical. Does that include John McCain? <laughs> Born in Panama. <laughs> Possibly Louis C.K. Yeah, was also <laughs> eligible for the award. Um, but Maxi kicked off an interesting conversation on Twitter about the award, why the award even exists, and specifically the way that Major League Soccer chose to define the term Latino. Uh, if you go on the league site. It says that the award was eligible to players, quote, players born in Latin America and Spain and those born in the U.S. or Canada with Hispanic roots. So, um, Maxi, I think like the major the major kickoff point of your conversation on Twitter was about how Major League Soccer decided who was and who was not eligible for the award in the first place. Yeah, I mean, so I saw the nominations go out a couple of weeks ago, and I saw David Villa's name, and I was like, yeah, this has got to be a mistake, because there's literally no person in the world who would consider David Villa Latino, because he's from Spain. Um, it was such, like, a straightforward thing that seemed off to me that I thought, oh, you know what, like, maybe somebody makes this up, maybe it was a mistake. And, and from talking to people over, like, the next week or so, it seemed that... You know what, like, like, it was almost a content-focused decision, which is kind of weird. Um, what, 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 do you yeah. mean by, what do you mean by that? Uh, okay, so this is going to be cynical, but if you guys look, you can look on the website, too. On a, you can look at the previous nominations for Latino of the Year, and it has, like, descriptors on some of these articles. And they change the description, or they change the qualification for who qualifies for the award. Uh, to add players from Spain, which to me, uh, maybe I'm being too cynical, but that seems a little bit suspicious with David Villa joining the league. No, it's incredibly suspicious, if not blatantly obvious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I feel bad, you know, just pointing this out. I almost feel like I should feel guilty about this, but it's such like an obvious change that it's a little bit insulting. And like, you know, you guys know, like cultural definitions and like ethnonyms are really complicated matters, right? Right, right. It's really hard to break down any group into these sort of terms. It's sort of like the same thing with um, that website Africa is a country. Because, you know, like, people use these single identifiers to lump together so many different groups of people. And with um, Latin Americans or Latinos or Hispanics, like, it's kind of the same thing. But I feel like almost all of us have grown used to the terms at this point to where 
it's almost a sense of pride for some people, right? But with that said, adding a Spaniard into the mix, it's so weird um, that it was just kind of uncomfortable for me to see that. And even a little bit more uncomfortable to get a response that really didn't make too much sense. I mean, did did the league or anyone related to the league say anything about this? Yeah, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but one of the... Okay, so it's important to make a distinction here. It's officially not a league award. It's awarded by Football MLS, which is MLS and Univision, Spanish language news outlet for MLS. Uh, full um, disclosure. So, full disclosure. Full disclosure. We are employed by Univision. <laughs> <laughs> Do continue though. So, but yeah. However. Yeah. However. No. Um, so yeah, it's um, the legal. Like they have very specific disclaimers that it's not their award. But I kind of ignore those based on how much they push it because I think that's just a cop out for the most part. But anyway, um, yeah. One of the writers from Football MLS reached out and gave me an ex which was like a screenshot of a definition of the word Latino from some Spanish language dictionary <laughs> from like 1565 or something. Like, <laughs> I had never seen this before. But like, you know, like I was willing to stick with him and kind of work through this. And I read through the definition and it was basically a definition for Latin first off. Like anyone who, it was based off Latin languages, like right? romance so, languages. Yeah. So anyone yeah, French romance. or Italian could qualify for <laughs> right. Latino of the Year. Oh yes, but totally. Like to me, I read that. I'm like, okay, you know what? Like that's the worst definition for Latino I've ever seen. But if you're willing to go with that, like I totally get it. But you know, like where are the other players from romance language countries? Like Giovinco, he's Italian, right? So right. he right. should obviously be there. And after that point, I really didn't get much of a response afterwards. And I've seen. Football MLS share that same definition a couple times. And to me, it's kind of like, if you're going to make a definition, like, first off, stand by it. Second off, like, offer a legitimate explanation. And then three, if someone kind of pushes you on the issue, like, don't kind of just ignore it. You can go through any of those threads that they posted on MLS or Football MLS, and those common threads are filled with people saying, wait, that's not right, over and over again. And, yeah, I mean, David Villa didn't make it past the quarterfinals, I believe, so the issue kind of evaporated. But, yeah, it was just kind of weird from the, from the get-go. So let's say, hypothetically, let's say that, because I guess with a term, a catch-all racial term like Latino is never going to satisfy everybody, right? Let's say that there was right. some weird world where that was a thing. Would you mm-hmm. be okay, are you okay with just the general concept of the award even existing? Yeah, see, that's kind of a weird question that I've kind of been struggling with for a while, too. Because on one hand, it reminds me of, you know, things MLS has done in the past, like Chivas USA, right? Or um, when the Dynamo were going to be called Houston 1836. It's kind of these things that, that was so strike at this misunderstanding between cultures. Um, so almost like there's pandering and also a disconnect. But at the same time, when you have an outlet like Football MLS, which is specifically geared towards Spanish fans, and it's a lot better than what MLS did in the past, because I remember a few years ago uh, going to MLSsoccer.com and not seeing any Spanish-language options. And, like, there's still a lot of teams that don't have Spanish websites, and it's crazy to me. But, um, so on one hand, it's kind of pandering a little bit. But on the other, when you have like a fully developed content platform like Football MLS, you know, of course you want an award that you can use to showcase sort of people similar to your audience. So I completely understand that. And 
I'm honestly not too fussed about the existence of the award in the first place. Like, it's goofy, and it's kind of weird. And MLS doesn't have other racially based awards, which is a weird thing to say in the first place. Like, that's, that's, something MLS. That, that's something that I... You know, Black Dude of the Year? Yeah, or, I mean, yeah, I think exactly. like if there's, a, if there's an underlying sentiment sort of behind this that suggests that there is a contribution made by these Latino players, Hispanic players, I mean, however they're going to choose to define it, they want to say that there is a market that exists there and that we want to say, hey, this is representative of these people. That's fine. Yeah. Exactly. There's also yeah. that same thing you, pitch you could make for lots of players of African descent. The Caribbean, right? Like, where's right. the Stern John Award? <laughs> <laughs> Andy Williams Award. I mean, but Omar yeah, Cummings is yet to be recognized for his contributions. To I think American once soccer. you start kind of having even the broader conversation about other people from other backgrounds, ethnicities, it starts to look even a little bit more bizarre. Right. As they trip over themselves to make what seems to be an honest, like, uh, at an honest effort to recognize contributions, like they say. If you do it incorrectly, it seems like pandering and, no, 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 we enjoy your money. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we like the growing value, the growing buying power of the Latino dollar in America. Right. And they so that's how it comes off when you get it wrong. smoothly figured out a way to kind of monetize it, which I think results in a lot of awkwardness. <laughs> and has. Yeah, this, this award is basically like brown player beer for the most part. Like brown audience favorite player of the year because like even if you asked david via in like a straight-up interviewer it was completely honest are you latino i i would give you 99 percent that he says no and then even further like even within latin america things are complicated so you could ask a cop i don't know if he did identify as latino like most people stateside probably consider brazilian latinos but that's a whole nother thing and then even some mexicans don't consider themselves latinos so it's definitely really complicated, even within that group, which is, I guess, identified as a brown consumer market, like <laughs> Spanish and Portuguese speaking. Like, yeah. it's such a disconnect of people that it's so weird to me that they get lumped together. So it's like Spanish speakers and people from the Caribbean and people from Central and South America right. and Portugal and Spain. And it's like, that is the weirdest sort of pockmarked definition I've ever heard. So, and, and I think it also gets interesting. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit earlier and just talking about how diverse the Caribbean, South America, Central America, like how diverse these countries really are, right? I mean, there's yeah. large, like, Japanese-Peruvian populations, Japanese-Brazilian populations that, I mean, you start asking sort of identifier questions and then you throw somebody up here It's like, oh, technically born in Peru. They're Peruvian or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like, both their parents are Japanese. How does that person identify? What's the, right. you know, mm-hmm. is that your, does that fit under what MLS would consider like a Latino of the year? I mean, it'd be, it's yeah. an interesting conversation. It's confusing. Yeah. That's the thing. But, um, yeah, I mean... I think we can all acknowledge that it's confusing, but we just sure. want an honest effort. That's the thing. And, Maxie, the one thing I noticed as you were talking about this on Twitter, the thing that kind of got me angry, and I didn't want to, like, dive in with a cape and be, like, you know, justice. <laughs> but I noticed that as you were talking about this and expressing your very honest thoughts and opinions about this, a lot of people who, <laughs> a lot of people who themselves... Should not or would never be bound by the term Latino, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seem to exactly. want to jump in to tell you, as someone who would fall under the category, how you should and should not define the word for one, 
And two, whether or not you have the right to feel any objection about the use yeah. of the term. And I thought that was bonkers. Yeah, well, I mean, like, first off, I'm, I'm taking a leap myself trying to define it. Like, I'm included in most definitions, but like I said, you know, it's complicated for everybody. But it was kind of this whole nother level where I'm sitting here trying to discuss what Latino means. And I had, like, multiple white dudes jump on me and, like, well, actually me, and give me, like, <laughs> Merriam-Webster definition for Latino. That, that like, was well, so weird. First off, I was just surprised. And second off, I was just amazed by sort of the fear they had. Like, they kept coming after me for, like, two weeks because there was a point where I just gave up on this because I was like, you know, nothing's going to change. It's not a big deal. You know what? I'm going to let it, you know, let it go, whatever. But, like, over maybe two, three weeks, I had people still pushing me on this. Like, white dudes pushing me on this. So, why do you think? Yeah, why really, does that happen? really weird. Why do you think that happens? Mm, <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like, were, were, were they involved in, in the, conversations before about identity? Were they jumping in? Like, it just seems to me for to go on, like, a three-week binge on this topic when it was a conversation you were never otherwise participating in. Yeah, I mean, from the get-go, it was kind of like people would jump in and be like, you know what, I think definition is wrong. And, you know, what? I can accept, like, somebody disagreeing with me because that's totally simple. But it was kind of based on these hypotheticals that people created. So they were saying things like, hey, what if David Villa identifies as Latino? And I can't be with 100% certainty. There's no world where David Villa identifies as Latino unless he's been told by, like, New York City FC's PR to identify as Latino-like. <laughs> Spaniards don't identify as Latino, and this is something everybody knows. So, yeah, it was just really weird to have people outside of the culture jump in. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of this Internet-based sort of perspective where you're like, I want to participate in all of these cultural and ethnic and gender-based discussions and put my voice in, which is totally cool. And people definitely should. But I know when I see those conversations and I jump in, I'm very hesitant, cautious. And I mostly jump in with sort of this perspective where I want to create understanding because I know that with a lot of topics, I don't know much. And I need to be educated on a lot of things. But the sort of the conversations that happened over the last couple of weeks were really aggressive almost to the extent of poking fun that people could disagree with this definition. So it was just really weird. Uh, yeah, really disconcerting. Yeah, I mean, it is the ultimate definition of privilege to think that your opinion on the definition of a group that you are not a, mem a member of is somehow valid and relevant. Mm -hmm. And that you mm -hmm. can even chime in with that kind of like vitriol and volume. Yeah. And then like, I kind of jumped in and this was probably unfair, but I jumped into this definition where I was like, if you use Latino as a cultural identifier, which again is one of those things where some people just don't use it and don't identify with it. But if we're accepting that it's a cultural identifier, then it's kind of based on this shared cultural history, right? Like sort of the new world and conquest and all that, like shared history with the Caribbean and Latin America. So it's just really weird to toss in Spain since it's more of like, since they were the aggressor in that scenario. And when I brought that up, it started to get a little bit personal. But, yeah, it seemed like people weren't willing to budge whatsoever. Um, and just for the laugh, I put up a poll, like, hey, Latinos, 
would you include David Villa as a Latino? And it was like 95% no. Wow. And to me, with like four or 500 votes, I thought that was the clearest thing I could ever say. But people kept at it. And yeah, I just, I still don't understand it for the most part. All right, Maxi. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I, th- I think it's uh, important to talk about these issues, uh, not just on Twitter, but to uh, get people like you out here and talking through some of the problems, some of the issues we see on Twitter, some of the issues that sort of pop up in MLS that seems like they aren't really tackling. Um, so mm-hmm. thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, t- no worries. Anytime you guys want me back on, let me know. Done. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the 10 set commandment. Six international credit, get it. You think a Russian's paying you back, shit, forget it. Seven, this rule is so underrated. Keep your federations of business completely separated. Money and sport don't mix with conflicts and politics. Find yourself in serious shit. Number eight, never keep the paper on you. Them cats that cook your books got bank accounts too. Number nine should have been number one to me. If you work in the U.S., stay away from Chuck B. We're blazing in Position can't complete your mission. He'll be snitching from a distance, waiting to play pitching. Number 10, a strong word called refinement. Be a crook in silence to avoid confinement. If you want to play it dirty, gotta keep your mouth closed. If you in fever, please believe the FBI knows. Follow these rules, you have mad bread to break up. 2026, play the host, have a World Cup. No undercover switch, strong case, came with no cuffs. Nissan Leaf on the roll up. In the past, it was way too easy being corrupt. People knew the place, play the same. For new to shut up. Now everybody wants to snitch. Holding the code is too tough. Gotta go, gotta go. More voters to pay up. FIFA King, set bladder. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Soccer got Kester. Soccer got And we're back. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace, Beef Wellington. Maybe. Who knows? Beef is immortal. Um, we're back. Soccer Godcast, segment three. Kevin Brown, Meridi Marungi. As always, Hello. we like to get fans. What? <laughs> we like to get questions from the fans and the listeners. That's right, I said fans. We got fans. Don't question me. Uh, we'd like to answer your important questions about life and if you're so inclined, soccer, why you want to talk about soccer, I don't know. Uh, our first question comes from what is loyal our, listener. What is our first question? Triple Nikki. She asks, I'm not going to say axe this week. She asks, <laughs> which That's football... a cultural <laughs> reference, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> cultural reference. Which, which footballers are on the naughty list? And which are on the nice? Who gets coal? I assume she means from Kwanzaa Claus. Right. Because we don't celebrate Christmas. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a valid question. Um, the first person that pops to mind, I don't know if this qualifies him for the nice or the naughty list, but uh, as always, shout out to the greatest of all time, Kareem Benzema. Hmm. Mm. That man is out there extorting teammates mm-hmm. with cell phone sex tapes, and <laughs> my man is trying to diversify. Yeah, his body of work. 
So, I mean, on one hand, you want to salute him for his entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, that's slightly illegal. And, you know, it's bad for team morale heading into the Euros. Can we blame rap music? Probably. <laughs> we could. We should. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Let's blame rap music. Yeah, it's rap fault. I mean, the man has a, a video to neighborhood drug dealer. So yeah. or is there really a any very surprise? well shot one? If you haven't seen it, it's on his Instagram account. <laughs> there should be no surprise. He's driving through Dubai. Was... That's actually Probably. even funny. That's pretty funny. He's driving through Dubai, blasting a neighborhood drug dealer. That's that's pretty risky. Yeah. So Kareem is number one on both the naughty and nice list for his uh, advanced work in the soccer community. I got one. We got uh, the notorious Jamie Vardy. F that dude, man. Leicester City's finest record was he, he broke the hey, Premier League record for something that I don't care about. Uh, because <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Vardy plays for Leicester City, scored a bunch of goals yeah, whatever. and whatever. Jamie Vardy also uh, racially abused a man in a casino uh, this but summer. That's a terrible place to racially abuse somebody, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, racial abuse should be confined to like supermarkets and things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Bodegas. Yeah, people uh, are trying to enjoy themselves, have churches. a little liquor, get a little shrimp cocktail, and here you go, throwing racial slurs at folks when they're trying to relax and lose their life savings, man. That the world quickly forgave and moved on to his goal-scoring exploits, uh, and which is fine. People are well within their rights to uh, appreciate what he does, and he does it very well. That's why we got to ban the entire but, Premier League. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but, but eh, yeah, I kind of don't care about him. So that's your number one for the naughty list. Who you have? You have a nominee for the nice list. I don't like nice people. Oh so yeah, no. I wrote something about Jamie Vardy last week, uh, which uh, is on Soccer Gods, SoccerGods.com. Yeah, you should check that out. Uh, nice list, you said. Yeah. Huh. I'm not really into like good people. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle when I start to think about things yeah, like this. Uh, hmm. Not. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's not something I like to highlight. Uh, Heroes are bad for you. Nope. Moving on. Our next question in the Brent Maximin tries to get us fired segment of the show. Brent Maximin, who also writes for SoccerGod.com, uh, he asked, how much, air quotes, skiing has Jack Wilshire done since his latest Air quotes, injury layoff. I don't know if this is a wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and then he asked us to round up <laughs> to the nearest ounce. <laughs> round up to the nearest ounce. Uh, Marini, would you like to tackle this one since Jack Wilshire is one of yours? Skiing. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, Brent is talking about... Um, Cucane? Uh, <laughs> Jack Wilshire's exploits on mounds of white powder. <laughs> uh, which I would like to... Uh, Forgo, I'm not answering this question. <laughs> Why? You don't want to say something slanderous? Um, because I don't. Nobody's really th- listening to this. I man. don't really think that Jack Wilshere is a real person. <laughs> what? He's not even a real person. What's the last time you saw him? I don't know. Late eighties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care what he's doing. <laughs> how he spends Neither his does own <laughs> free time. Neither is, does Arsene Wenger. Is none of my business. <laughs> um. <laughs> 15 ounces. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Our next question comes from at Reese, Bill, 
who asked a very soccery question that I'm slightly offended by because it's so soccer-tastic. But there's some valid- validity to the question. Bill Reese asks, in a playoff structure system like MLS... Blocked. <laughs> is it possible to have a successful season that doesn't end in an MLS Cup championship? Which I feel like this is this question is a setup for me. It is. And he's yeah. baiting me into saying bitter shit about the Portland Timbers who just won the MLS Cup this weekend. Allegedly. In one of the most <laughs> wonderfully officiated games I've ever seen in my I'm life. I'm tired of people complaining about bad officiating. Bad refs are great. It's amazing. Why would I not want to watch that? Especially when, I think you said this on Twitter, especially when your team is not involved. Yep. Bad officiating is... It's so good. It's everything. The human, the human element of officiating is so great and so necessary. And I don't know why we don't all just acknowledge that we love the drama. We love yelling at our TV. Right, we right. love complaining about our team getting screwed. We love thinking that Chelsea gets all the calls or they don't get all the calls, or that the Galaxy gets whatever they want. That's part of the game. That's part of the fun. That's part of fandom. We right. need things to yell about, things to complain about. And when it's not your team, things to laugh at. Right. Right. And why? There's like the person who is supposed to like officiate these proceedings is a dude running around the field <laughs> with 22 people moving on it. Yeah, it's like, like a 60 year old man yeah. jogging up and right. down. It should be like some 20 year old kid right. with some stamina. But yeah, it's eh, he's going to screw up. She's going to screw up every once in a while. Um, Embrace it. But to answer his obvious bait question as to whether a season can be successful without winning MLS Cup. Absolutely, it can because I don't know about y'all, but my team, Red Bull New York, is the league champion. Uh, shout out to Portland for being the best team in a five-game crapshoot. No disrespect to that. Five-game crapshoots are dope. If you're into being the best team for a month, but my team was the greatest over thirty some odd games. League champion. Not trying to hear it. Not to say that MLS Cup isn't a very worthwhile trophy. Just get out of my face with the value of it. You get a star on your uh, jersey? No. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. No uh, parade. I think that calls for a change.org petition <laughs> uh, to MLS to get, the, to get stars for, uh, for supporters. For the they can make them a different color. Shield, yeah. Fine with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just acknowledge greatness of my team specifically. <laughs> Somebody else won a shield. I don't care. My team won two of the last three. Therefore, that trophy is valid. Were there any other questions? Uh, nope. Huh. I mean, there were, but... Yeah, I lost them. I was probably supposed to copy them. But huh. Yeah. How do you feel about Kobe? In general? Yeah. Now that Kobe has turned villain... Like, once Kobe... Now? I mean, in the last few years of his career. Like, once he made the heel turn, yeah, then became a Kobe fan. Yeah, I think... When the run- Kobe was in, like, the try to please everybody and be Michael Jordan thing, no, Worst. couldn't stand him. I hate that. Yeah, I couldn't stand him. But now yeah. that he's decided, like, nah, I'm going to be this guy. This is who I am. Right. That era of Kobe, I mess with. That's why I need need Russell Wilson get ele- uh, get arrested. <laughs> Russell Wilson is the worst. Until Russell Wilson me. and J.J. Watt are two of the worst people in all the sports. I can't stand <laughs> Like it's, it's the same reason why I hated Tim Cahill so much. I can't deal with the goody-goody superhero drinking milk kids. I can't stand that. It's not yeah. real. No one is that person. Right. And it's not entertaining. 
<laughs> well, that's the bigger Which is crime. why I'm here. Being boring is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Never be boring. That's right. a sin. So I think the moral of this segment is kids and adults, go out there and be terrible. Just be awful. <laughs> be unapologetically terrible. <laughs> and never apologize for being yourself. <laughs> yes. No matter what that self may be, live your truth. Soccer Godcaster. The Soccer Godcast has been brought to you by Not Draft Kings. Use the hashtag SoccerGodCast on Twitter to get in touch. Follow Kevin Brown at Friendly Foe, Meridi Marungi at Nutmeg Radio, and of course Soccer Gods at Soccer Gods. Don't forget to visit us at SoccerGods.com. Soccer